Women in Sport, 50 Fearless Athletes Who Played to Win, written by Rachel Ignatowski. Tony Stone, baseball player. Marcenia Tony Lyle Stone was born in Minnesota, USA in 1921 and grew up loving sport. She played baseball from age 10 and was often the only girl on the field. Professional women's baseball began in 1943 with the All-American Girls Baseball League, but women of colour were not allowed to join in. Segregation was in effect in the United States, and it extended to sports teams. Professional men's baseball had the all-white Major League and the all-black Negro American League. It was 1947 when Jackie Robinson became the first black man to play on a Major League team. Tony was a black woman with incredible skill, but due to her race and gender, there was nowhere for her to play professional baseball. It would take grit and persistence to fulfil her dream. At age 15, Tony began playing for the Twin Cities Coloured Giants, a semi-pro men's travelling team. Around 1946, she joined her sister in San Francisco, where she began playing amateur American Legion baseball. Soon she joined the San Francisco Sea Lions, and then the semi-pro Black Pelicans in New Orleans. In 1949, she was signed to a popular minor league team, the New Orleans Creoles. She played so well that she was featured in newspapers. In 1953, she became the first woman to play major league professional baseball, signing with a professional Negro league team, the Indianapolis Clowns. After professional baseball integrated, the major league teams started recruiting the best black players from the Negro Leagues, and ticket sales at Negro League games suffered. Although Tony was hired to draw crowds to the Clowns games, she proved her worth with her skill. She played second base and batted a .243 average. She ran fast, 100 yards in 11 seconds. Despite her success, Tony still dealt with sexism throughout her career. She was often benched, and teammates said things like, Go home and fix your husband some biscuits. But in 1990, she was featured in exhibits at the Baseball Hall of Fame. She will always be remembered for breaking the gender line in baseball.
Althea Gibson, tennis player. Althea Gibson was born in 1927 and grew up in New York City, USA. She was a wild child, often skipping school, but one day she stumbled upon a community-designated play street filled with kids playing sport. Sport gave her a sense of self-worth and she threw herself into the games. At 13, she was invited to play at a top New York all-black tennis club. Within a year, in 1941, Althea won her first American Tennis Association tournament. In 1944 and 1945, she won the girls' division national title. Civil rights activists Dr Robert W Johnson and Dr Hubert A. Eaton Jr. saw Althea's potential to be like baseball player Jackie Robinson and use her talents to cross the racial divide in sport. They invited her to live with their families and sponsored her tennis career and education. Althea wanted to play in the U.S. Lawn Tennis Association tournaments, but most USLTA facilities were still restricted to white people. Alice Marble, a world-famous white tennis champion, wrote a scathing article about racism in tennis. In 1950, Althea was finally allowed to compete at the prestigious U.S. National Championship at Forest Hills, becoming the first person of colour to play on their courts. Although she did not win, she gained international attention. In 1951, she was invited to play at Wimbledon, making her the first black person to cross the colour line in international tennis. At the 1956 French Open, she became the first black player to win a Grand Slam title. And she met a new doubles partner and lifelong friend, Angela Buxton. Together, they won many tournaments, including the Wimbledon doubles and French Open doubles. In 1957 and 1958, Althea was the champion at both Wimbledon and the US Nationals, proving she was a force in the tennis world. She won an impressive 11 national and international titles. After ending her professional tennis career, Althea spent the rest of her life making public appearances, teaching, playing sport and giving back to the community. This tennis legend helped to convince people of the importance of desegregation and paved the way for many athletes of colour to follow their dreams. Roller Derby Banana Nose Meanest Mama on Skates and The Lioness were all nicknames for the bad girl of Roller Derby, Anne Calvello. She didn't want to look like the other tanned blonde girls on skates. Way before punk rock star was in fashion, Anne created her own look with crazy, colourful hair clothes and makeup. 
She knew how to intimidate and was all aggression on the track, playing the villain to stir up the crowd and boost ticket sales. Anne Teresa Calvello was born in Rhode Island, USA, in 1929. Her family moved to San Francisco in 1941, and she roller skated all over the old streets of the city. Roller Derby was also born from the Great Depression. In the 1930s, endurance activities from dancing marathons to cycling marathons were popular forms of entertainment. In 1935, the first roller derby was organised, with 25 teams of men and women skating around an arena. The first team to reach 3,000 miles, about 4.8 kilometres, won. This evolved into a two-team physical contact sport where teams scored points by passing one another around the rink. Pushing and shoving were encouraged, but Anne helped shape it into the sport we know today, a fast-paced competition with the flair and attitude of pro wrestling. At 18, Anne joined a travelling all-girl roller derby team and toured Europe. In the 50s and 60s, she played on many teams, including the San Francisco Bay Bombers and the Jersey Jolters. Anne would sneak up on players, trash talk and get into scrapes, playing the part of the rabble-rouser, riling up the crowd. The game was also an intense physical contact sport, and Anne was a fierce competitor who endured cracked ribs and broken bones from hard landings and intense plays. And skated in every era of roller derby, from the 40s to the 2000s. Even at aged 71, she continued to compete. She will always be remembered as a queen of roller derby. Beryl Burton, cyclist. Beryl Burton is one of the greatest cyclists in history. She dominated the sport for 25 years as the British best all-rounder. She won seven world titles and 96 titles in her native UK. She paid her own way and as a woman received little recognition from the British public and press. But she didn't care. She was dedicated to being the best in the sport she loved. Beryl Charnock was born in West Yorkshire in 1937. As a teenager, she worked at a tailoring firm, where she met Charlie Burton, who introduced her to cycling. She married him at 17, and he supported her throughout her cycling career by serving as her bike mechanic and caring for their daughter. Beryl started competing in the British Best All-Rounder annual cycling time trials, in which a cyclist had a certain amount of time to bike as far as possible. In 1959, Beryl won it for the first time, and she won it every year until 1983. She was Britain's fastest woman. In 1967, Beryl did the unthinkable. She broke a men's speed record. 
During a 12-hour time trial, Beryl closed in on Mike McNamara, who was about to break the world record, but Beryl was too quick. She casually offered him a sweet as she passed him, then pushed on to set a new world record, biking 646 kilometres. Her record stood as the fastest for both male and female cyclists for two years, and is still the women's distance record today. In 1968, Beryl cycled 100 miles, 161 kilometres, in 3 hours, 55 minutes, 5 seconds, setting a new women's world record. She kept setting new speed records for 10 miles, 25 miles, 30 miles and 50 miles. Throughout her career, she also raced internationally, winning the UCI Road World Championship twice and the UCI Truck Cycling World Championship five times. Beryl won her last title in 1986 and continued to compete for the rest of her life. She died on her bicycle while riding in her neighbourhood, suffering a cardiac arrest in 1996. She is now remembered as one of the fastest women ever on two wheels. Sue Sally Hale, polo player. Sue Sally Hale prepared for polo by putting on a disguise, binding her breasts, tucking away her long hair and applying a fake moustache. She became the mysterious Mr A. Jones, who always disappeared right after a game. The US Polo Association barred women from playing professionally. But that didn't stop Sue Sally, even if it meant playing in drag. Born in 1937, Sue Sally grew up in Los Angeles, USA, loving horses and polo. She would ride her pony near the Will Rogers Polo Club, and club founder Duke Coulter took her under his wing. Sue Sally could play polo with the best of them and her male teammates enjoyed having her on the field. But the USPA did not allow female players to compete. Her stepfather helped her create the perfect disguise, and for 20 years, from the 1950s to 1972, she played polo as a man. Her teammates kept her secret because she was such a valuable player. Out of disguise at post-game parties, she often heard opposing players discussing how well A. Jones had played. In 1957, she started a riding school and joined the Carmel Valley Polo Club. Her old mentor, Duke, later invited her to play at his club, where she had learned polo. But she was forced to leave when visiting players refused to play against a woman. She was furious, and began to fight back. Sue Sally started organising unofficial games at her club, and she began receiving recognition as herself. 
She lobbied, and when that didn't work, Sue Sally threatened them. If women could not play in tournaments, she would reveal that she'd fooled them for decades as A. Jones. That did it. In 1972, she and the other club's female players received their membership cards. Sue Sally was one of the most influential people ever to play polo. Her actions made polo a co-ed sport. Women in Sport, 50 Fearless Athletes Who Played to Win Written by Rachel Ignatowski.